Hey, Chuckles, this is Juan from Fuagata Podcast. Um, just touching base with you guys to talk to you about Anchor. This is the program I use to do all my podcasting and everything that I'm doing right now. It is an easy one-stop shop for recording, hosting, distributing your podcast. And it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. If I can use it, you can use it. I was looking for something that was easy, that I can use in one-on-one, that I didn't need a bunch of equipment. I'm doing everything off my phone. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. Yeah, amazing, right? Now, my podcast, of course, kind of covers all these different kind of subjects and everything else. But it's a great outlet for everything that I'm doing and everything I'm trying to get out and the thoughts. And right now, as a, as a comedian, especially a stand-up comedian, there's nowhere to go. So the easiest way to put stuff out has been on here, especially during the quarantine. So if you're wanting to start a podcast and even have a chance of making money while doing it, go to anchor.fm forward slash start. That's anchor.fm forward slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm forward slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Let's get to it. Hey folks, welcome to another Fuacata podcast. My name is Juan Navarro, and uh, this week we have a really something really cool. It's a panel that I did with uh, Kenny Calderon, good buddy of ours. Um, Kenny and me have worked on a couple of things. He's represented by Wild Inks, uh, that's his company. Um, we worked on a bunch of stuff. He originally did some of the variant covers for Tommy back in the day. With Creature Entertainment. Uh, me and him have worked on a couple of projects together. He's a great artist. He does all types of styles from the chibi style all the way up to like realistic. He has a lot of action stuff. He has some great manga. I mean, it, just overall great studio artist, good buddy of mine. Uh, really, you know, it's a, he's a good guy to tap to, teaches art classes, everything else. Uh, so me and him talk about publishing comics, getting into comics, give some advice to the crowd. Uh, we had a great time at Otaku Fest 2021. Everybody there was super awesome. I really enjoyed the show. It was nice to be back at our show. It was a safe show. They did. Um, they followed so many protocols. Everybody had a good time while keeping distance, while having masks on. Uh, it's just sanitation stations, all that stuff. It was really cool. It gave me a lot of hope for the next year. You know, cons can still happen. We can still be get together. We can still have fun. So listen up, um, get some, you know, some comic book advice. We just cover a couple of questions and some details. And uh, hopefully the audio was good and everything else. I think it sounded pretty good and enjoy. Anyway, uh, welcome guys to the publishing uh, comics panel. 
here at Otaku Fest 2021. Uh, my name is Juan Navarro. I am the editor-in-chief of Creature Entertainment. We're a local comic book company that actually produces comic books nationwide. Uh, we produce stuff on Diamond. We've been in a bunch of comic book shops. We travel all over the country doing various things. I'm not only the editor-in-chief, I'm one of the artists and the main writer. Uh, one book I produced was Tommy. Uh, produced this uh, about two years ago. Story about a little kid with an imaginary friend finds out that his imaginary friend's a serial killer. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's real fun. Uh, fun for all the family and kids. Uh, we produced that and uh, we have about five more books producing this year, but because of COVID and a bunch of other stuff going on, uh, we haven't been able to put it out. Um, I'm also the co-owner and I'm always there at Goblin's Heist, which is a comic book shop in Hialeah, Florida, which is just like on the other side of the airport from here. Uh, and I'm there pretty much every day except Saturdays because, goddammit, I need a day off. Uh, and with me is Kenny Calderon from Wild Ink Studios. He's one of the artists that I work with. We uh, work with in Creature. We also do some projects separately together. Uh, he's uh, drawn a bunch of damned stuff. I mean, what have you drawn, Kenny? Man, um, a lot. <laughs> he's, he's drawing while he's up here. That's the fun part. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, for real, you're doing this? And he's like, his deadlines suck. Yeah. So I'll draw through sex if needed. You know, if she, if she stays steady, I'll right on her back. Yeah. And so you do what you have to do to get the comic book done. Um, I just want to, again, like I said, if you guys have any questions at any time, raise your hands. I'm just going to rant and talk about this shit. So, um, first off, friends, family, religion. These are the three things you must kill if you're going to make a comic book. Um, no, just kidding. And I'm not. Uh, you have to be really serious about making comics sometimes. If you want to make it in comics, I can technically say I do. Because I'm in comics all day. I get to sell comics all day. I get to talk about comics all day. It is, fills my days and nights. Um, publishing comics, uh, if you're in for the money, wrong business get do anything else you want to do if you want to make money do anything else so hot dogs uh you know just eggs um only fans yeah only fans pages you know do that you'll make money there showing your butthole of strangers <laughs> you know here you're just going to show your butthole a lot but nothing nothing happens um if you ever try out for marvel that's what's going to happen <laughs> you're just going to be like put that away um, <laughs> yeah, uh, but if you're into making comics, it's no, it's it's so easy now to get a comic out. Uh, making money at it is a different thing, but we can kind of help you and tell you at least the stuff not to do because we've had enough experience doing that and just producing your comic. Yeah, now it's the most rewarding, awesome experience ever. I would put alongside maybe childbirth and having a kid. I don't have one yet, but. You know, after having a kid, it's probably the next happiest thing that can do when you I finally work on a book and it gets out and you have it in people's hands. Uh, it is greatly rewarding. Now, because of that, there's a lot of pitfalls in it that you can fall into. Uh, how many of you want to make a comic book? Okay, all right. The rest of you are just here to glare. Like, <laughs> just to judge us, just to look at you go, that's all they're doing. Um, how many of you are artists? How many of you are writers? All right, writers, look at the artists. The writers, look at the writers. Hand yet. I know. Who's here for the hell of it? Oh, the hell of it? 
This led to us like traveling a lot. We've uh, been able to go to New York Comic Con, uh, C2E2 in Chicago, Emerald City in Seattle, uh, San Diego Comic Con, uh, and everywhere in between. I've Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico Comic Con. Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. We haven't done one Mexican con yet. One. <laughs> you guys like tacos. We, we go to Mexico. Yeah, I don't think there's Molecon, Molecon, which is the stupidest name for a Mexican <laughs> Comic Con. There's a one, a, the biggest one is Mexico City, it's called Molecon. Mole they named after a food. That's what Mexicans do with a Comic Con. <laughs> uh, you know, they're just like, what should we name it? Pinche Molecon. Pinche Molecon. Oh, well, 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 Taco Fest didn't help either. Yes. Yes. Every time I said Taco Fest, they're like, tacos? No. Otaku. 80% of the time. Yeah. When I say, oh, I'm doing Otaku Fest this weekend. Really? Taco trucks? No. 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 I think we should have showed up with a taco truck. I think, like, a lot of people are walking around going, where the fuck are where, the tacos? Where are the tacos, dude? I just see a bunch of anime <laughs> shit. What is this? Not one fucking taco. <laughs> um... So yeah, so because of that, we get to travel, we got to meet a lot of our heroes, the people that we always dug. We love comics a lot, so when we get to go out there and meet all these people, it's a freaking huge treat. And I get to say, like, Neil Adams is a friend of mine, you know? I know, um, uh, you know, Mike Richardson from Dark Horse Comics, like, I never thought I would know that guy. Like, I know that guy, hey, what's up? You know, like, so that's kind of one of the cooler things, of, uh, aspects of it. And if you're in the trenches and you're going to cons, you can really turn it into something. Um, Sometimes it starts with just an idea, sometimes it's somebody else's idea, but the whole thing about making comics, like, you know, the economy of it is really crazy. Like, it takes me a whole day to do one comic book pitch, and it's something that you might read in five minutes. So, because of that, you know, when you want to produce a 24-page comic, do the math, that's right there, 24 days, easy, easy, if not more, between that and production and putting it together. Uh, but once you have it done, it's yours forever, and you always have it. You can always print more. You can go to the next con. You can show it to somebody. It's really dynamic. You know, you have like this living, breathing thing that keeps going on with you. Um, you know, right now is the best time to be an independent creator because, you know, if somebody wants to make a Marvel movie, Disney's going to make it. And if somebody wants to make a DC movie, Warner Brothers is going to make it. Nobody else. So right now, a lot of studios, if you pay attention to like Netflix, Amazon, all of them, they're breaking up independent stuff left and right. Uh, Invincible was just talked about. It's going to be released in March 26th from Image. That's a great comic. And that was an independent book. I mean, it helps that the writer was the creator of Walking Dead, but even he has something with AMC, you know? So this is the best time to be an independent creator. Uh, with web comics, if you're doing a comic strip or something like that, there's web comics that are distributed around the world and right now they're being invited to festivals and they're doing a bunch of stuff it's the easiest thing now i mean right now you could draw a comic right now put it on instagram and it's out there for the world now how many people are going to really see it that's up to the algorithm how funny it is how many people share it that's a whole other bag but then but that's just the beginning that's how easy it is to do that it used to be a real pain in the ass like before the internet 
if you didn't have somehow a hookup at a printing press, if you didn't have a hookup with a distributor, if you didn't want to have the money to throw something out that, that was the secret to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. There were guys in their basement making comics and they put a comic book together. They didn't think anything of it. They, they were planning to lose money. They were like, oh, we're gonna print these and we're gonna send them out and cool, we got to make a comic and they get to get that off their chest and look what it became. Uh, so there's a lot of ways now that you can get an idea and and I would even dare say the weirder or dumber or crazier the idea do it Because now everybody's accepting of so much There's such a niche audience that you don't have to worry about being popular or cool Don't satisfy everybody do the shit that you want to do and get that get it out there and, and you'll find your audience You'll find another a bunch of weirdos like you <laughs> Any questions? Yes uh, right now, what are you drawing, Kenny? All right. Uh, so I don't I don't know if you guys are familiar with uh, the uh, the the twenty four the Batman and Superman twenty four books that, that were released. What was it like two years ago? Yeah, two years ago. They were they were a limited run uh, from DC. Uh, these these sketch covers were totally blank on the inside. So uh, I had a client reach out to me and. Um, and commission for me to fill this whole book. So, um, <clears throat> it's due when? <sighs> no, it, it's due soon, right? So I did, I did the cover, which I don't know. I mean, like afterwards, you guys can come, can come up and take a look at it. But um, I did the cover, and then I got first page here. Um, Second page with uh, Harley Quinn. Uh, third page with Bane. He, he, the, the client gave me a list of characters that he wanted me to throw in there. Catwoman, right? Riddler. And and you know he gave me the the freedom to sort of color some, leave some black and white. You know, just kind of mix it up. Mr. Freeze. This one's actually one of my favorites. And then I'm, I'm working on this one now, which is uh, Man Bat, Two-Face, and the Penguin, and Scarecrow. So that's what I'm hammering away at right now. Yes. Mm, really, that's up to how it's produced. Nowadays, what is black and white and color are almost the same price. They don't. It used to be a big difference. Color was a lot more because of the system that was used. So it was like different plates. It was CMY, which is still used, the CMYK. But now because of digital printing, it's almost the same price. Black and white really isn't a difference. Um, there's a preference to it, though. Some people, um, I was just reading, by the way, you got to read Sneeze by... Uh, the guy who did Monster, uh, Orosawa. It's a short story thing, I got it, it's okay. amazing. Uh, I'm a huge fan of that. Uh, he was talking about, he was doing color comics for an anthology, and he felt like, wow, I'm making American comics because it's in color. And it's like, I feel like a European drawing this because our comics tend to be color over there, and um, for mangas, everything's black and white. So some people prefer the black and white because of what they're referencing or what they want to like, emulate. Uh, other people are doing color because they really need it. It's up to you, really. Uh, I tend to do black and white comics myself. I'm not a colorist, so I don't really care for that. Um, some of my stuff has been colorized. I mean, I did the pencils and the artwork for this one, but you know, when I did it, uh, it was colored by a friend of ours named Nemi. 
Uh, so he was the colorist on there. But it's pretty much the same price. Any other questions? Okay. What? Why are you laughing? Like putting it up to my mouth. Okay, because, <laughs> nah, cause, you know, we, you get very, you know, uh, intellectual when you're talking about the comics, but then you get real quiet storm. Nah. You know? Welcome to the quiet storm. You're a car. Noir. Anyway, um, so yeah, so when producing your comic, like, there's the other field that you could do that I started in, which is web comics. So I worked for a company called GraphicSmash.com for a long time. There's a bunch of artists from there to this day. I think Gene uh, uh, Huang Yang, the guy who did the Superman against the Clan comic. Oh. He actually was on Serializer.net, which is really? a sister company. We were on the same company at the same time. Wow. And uh, Gunner Creek Court that started there is now being published. So these guys have been doing it for years. Uh, he's just about to get an Ignatz Award for something too. He's a huge deal, um, and we all started web comics. Easiest way to get your stuff out there. You can go to uh, websites like Webtoons, uh, Tapas, all these, and you can monetize and put a comic up like that. As soon as you have it done, you can put it up there. Now, the big consistency thing is is that people want to see new comics all the time. You're only as good as your last comic, and that's it. They want to see the next one and the next one and the next one. I did a comic book series for 10 years called Zombie Years, and there's about 10 issues with those 10 years. And I just put them out again on webtoons.com to like a, a good successful run. And now I'm putting the rest on my Patreon and letting it out that way. Um, and it was a good way of just getting the book out there, getting people into it. You know, Zombies is a post-apocalyptic story that, a uh, zombie story that takes place in Miami. So like I blew up the row, like Hialeah is constantly on fire. There's snipers in Brickle, you know, because I'm born and raised here and I wanted to see everything die. Uh, you know, people are like, what's your inspiration? I'm like, have you ever been on the Palmetto at 5 p.m.? Like, yeah, you want everybody to die. So that's how I made that. Um, so that's the reason why you can do and make a comic really easy. Now, the hard part is actually making the comic. Now, a lot of times you want to have any quality. Uh, one that somebody surprised me with one, one Punch Man when it started out. Yeah. It was like a joke comic strip. Yeah, uh, for for those of you that aren't familiar with uh, with the history behind One Punch Man, uh, you, you notice how when you watch the anime, uh, Saitama has that 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 weird look on his face where his eyes don't quite look like you know the dramatic Dragon Ball kind of anime look, right? That was the original look for Saitama. It was intended to be a joke, and then it gained traction. And you know, with the popularity, like you know, One Punch Man grew to what we know today. Um, you know, that's 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 a good example of what Juan mentioned previous to that in regards to um, you know, even if it's weird material or or something that doesn't necessarily fit the status quo or or just stuff that's off the cuff, go for it, put it out there. There's, there's literally an audience for everything. I think they killed a goat outside. Because <laughs> they just hear some screaming behind that door, and I'm like, well, that, that means we get to eat some. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. They, they listen to our charter. That's what <laughs> um, yeah, I, and I would say this, and this is not just apply to comics or art, it applies to life. You don't have to ask permission from anybody to do shit. 
go do it. You have the, luckily you have the internet. If you want to make music, if you want to make art, you want to make movies, you want to make film, this little piece of shit right here can do all of that. And you don't need permission from anybody. And you used to have to, you used to have to go to a big company or use some kind of big, big uh, money maker or somebody to throw money down. Uh, so, uh, okay. Care police over here. Oh my God. She went downstairs to go get her commission. She ah, okay. So you're like, no, you're not worthy enough. You sit back there. It's okay. They can sit more up front if they want. Um, but yeah, you don't need permission. You don't need to be asking anybody anything. If you guys want to do something, go do it. I, when I talk to young artists all the time, and we have artists that come to the shop and we talk and everything, it's amazing how many times you guys are a little like squeamish or scared or. Like somebody's gonna slap the pencil out of your hand and be like, stop doing that. Like you can do whatever the hell you want. Now if it'll be good or make money, that's a whole other bag. Uh, any questions? Yes. What kind of advice would you offer to an artist or an illustrator who's like kind of rusty and you want to draw something but you don't know how to draw it yet? You just said it. it's like, there is no magical thing. No, look, there's some shortcuts that you can use. Look, first off, this is a commercial art. So sometimes when people are like, you need to draw the whole thing and from your brain and never have drawn it before, and that's all bullcrap. You need to draw it and you need to figure out how the best do it. Some people trace, some people, for zombie years, I used real photography. I took photos around Hialeah, Miami, wherever I went and used that as the background so I didn't have to draw it because I was putting a new episode out every week and it was killing me. And I'm not gonna sit there drawing a light pole for the sake of drawing a light pole. You know, and it, it worked out because people liked watching it and going, bro, I know that corner, bro. <laughs> what are you talking about, bro? I know where that is. It's going away, isn't it? And it worked. So I did it that way, and that was a shortcut. And maybe it's not art, but it worked. So if you want to do that now, another thing is that I don't like having in my art registry something I don't. Like, I grew up in a body shop with cars. I suck at drawing cars. I hate drawing cars like crazy. All my cars look like cartoon cars. They look like clown cars every time I draw them and it like bugs the crap out of me. So I sit there and I'll try to look at stuff. I look at videos a lot of times using a ruler. Like one big difference in when you're drawing something mechanical and sorry, something organic is use a ruler. Just by using a ruler and making your lines super straight, it makes the lines different from everything else. And it'll register in the brain as a mechanical thing. Same thing with buildings or anything. Now, don't discount that. Maybe drawing your funky version of it is cool. And that's what people are gonna wanna do. So don't discount that. But if it is a lot of practice, a lot of reference. I have Pinterest and iPhoto full of crap. I have a folder just said that says cars i have a folder that just says you know butts you know like i'll just i, I need a butt i can draw it you know at least that's what i tell my girlfriend <laughs> so um what one of the things that i uh recommend you do is is kind of think of your craft be it writing or or illustration as a living organism right like uh, like your muscles you know, if you, if you were to work out and you want to get the best physique, you work out every day. You challenge that muscle, right? Um, it, it helps to do things outside of your comfort zone. So if you're really comfortable doing faces, right? But you suck at bodies, you know, force yourself into doing some anatomy, right? Um, 
no, no two people are going to draw the, the human body the same way, you know, because as you, as you cycle through trying to get better at drawing mm -hmm. the human body, you discuss, like he mentioned, you discover your own little shortcuts. Like I have a shortcut that may be different from his in mm -hmm. regards to like drawing hands, right? Hands, noses, and feet are the hardest things to draw on the mm -hmm. human body, apparently. Yep. Right? And I can draw hands pretty good. I can, I can do feet pretty good, but it's because I've drawn them a million times, mm -hmm. you know? So in, in a lot of cases, one of the things that I recommend to like my, my students, I, I teach outside of making comics, one of the things that I highly recommend my, all my students to do, and this is at different ages and different skill levels, is to take 20 minutes to an hour a day draw, and draw something. It doesn't need to be something finished. It doesn't need to be anything polished. It could be stick people. But try to derive those stick people from life. Like sit in a park, people watch. Mm -hmm. You know, um, if you're at home in front of the computer, and uh, you're watching YouTube videos, you know, freeze it in frame and then try to draw the figure of a posture that someone in the video is. is and let it suck. Let it suck. Yeah. Until you have so many crappy drawings yeah. in you before you get to a good one. Like, it, you need that crappy drawing. It's actually doing you a service because now you know how not to do it. Yes. And then you move on to the next one. That's why I'm always like, keep a sketchbook. Like, I have my sketchbook up here. This is always with me. I'm always writing stuff, putting stuff in here. I paste stuff in here. I just saw a fortune cookie that I put in there. I mean, like, I, I put whatever is it. And it's cool because it's a journal. I go through one of these a month. So this is the last one for 2020, and those red uh, for 2021, they're orange. So I have a bookshelf, and I have red, blue. Like, I have the years in front. And it's great because I can look at something three years ago, and, like, that breakup I had or something like that, be like, what a sucker that guy was or I can look at him see memories I have or something I drew before and I'd be I laugh at it I'm like ha I got that way better now so sketchbooks are number one and a sketchbook you can go to Barnes and Noble you can go on Amazon you can buy a little crappy sketchbook whatever you're and whatever you want to draw with draw and just go at it and just but the main thing is every day give yourself an hour there are masters like Kim Jung Gi that is like amazing artists that are like I think they're Satan I don't know what they did <laughs> to get at good but they still practice three to four hours a day so like a master is practicing more than a novice because they know and this guy can draw anything he draws motorcycles jet engines shit like that because he studied and drew it so much and as much as that sounds daunting it just starts with drawing so it's 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 simple and then it's hard it, and to piggyback off of that keeping the sketchbook uh serves as a as a tool of encouragement you, you're able to see in front of you your own progress. You know, that, that in itself can serve as encouragement. Like, man, I was drawing like shit, you know, two weeks ago. But me putting in, you know, these four or five hours a week, you know, has really, you know, shown some improvement in my work. So it's, it's, it's repetitive. You just gotta exercise the muscle. And you're gonna have your caca days. It's just gonna yeah. happen. Just pure shit's gonna come out of your hands. Yeah. You're just gonna be like, why? Why did I do this for a living? <laughs> you know. Any other questions? Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm an artist, and I got kids that are artists as well. And 
so the boxes and boxes of sketchbooks and stuff that's building up in the house is insane. Mm -hmm. So I was wondering if there's any drawing, uh, not as complex as Photoshop, but I guess something like Photoshop that they could use to draw digitally and I can save the drawing instead of adding on Well, I mean, if you're using an iPad, you can use, what is it, Procreate? Procreate is one. That's uh, what Clip Studio Paint is another one. I've been using Clip. Uh, Manga Studio 5 is yeah. one that I use. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that's another one. Uh, shoot. Uh, what was that? I this paint? Yeah. I this paint? Yeah. No, not really. Cause pro, I, I, look, I am analog as hell. I'm not a fan. These guys are more digital. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, that's such a great problem to have, though. Like, I'm, like, I'm hearing that. I'm like, that's awesome. You guys are doing great. Um, but yeah, with uh, uh, the, I was using uh, uh, Pro. Shit, what the <laughs> manga. I was manga studio, and then I was using a, a Pro, and and uh, yeah, it's it's everything's there, and if if not more so, because you have your Copics there, you have your, your your different markers, you have your different ink brushes. You have your watercolors. Then it's just about adjustment if you want to have different pencil stuff. And then there's papers that you can put on the thing. There's a bunch of stuff like that. I'm moving into digital more and more every 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 year. I'm kind of hesitant because I'm very analog. But yeah, I I found that uh, Clip Studio Paint lends itself more to uh, comics and comics and, and being a little yeah, more they, diverse. Yeah, they have like word bubble tools. Yeah, they got like word bubble tools. Like they have text tools. Yeah, oh, yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Like they got a feature there where it, it cuts the panels out it's for expensive, you. Expensive, right? Like, nah, I, dude, it's I, free. I, well, it's, it's free, free for like the first three months, and then it's like eight bucks for a subscription. And then that's like they let you save to the cloud. You get to download tools. Like it's a bunch of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. we use iPads pretty much. Well, I, no, you use Android. I, I got um. You're that weird guy. <laughs> I got a PC at home, and I'm using Manga Studio, which is basically Clip Studio Paint. Uh, but my girlfriend uh, has Procreate and Clip Studio on the iPad, and you know she she messes with that. So it 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 translates to to different operating systems. It, it works. Yeah, and you can do pages and pages and pages. You can record yourself drawing too, so you can do time lapses. There's a bunch of stuff. I'm telling you, you go on there, you're gonna be amazed. And it's just this little app, you know. And it's got animation. Animation. It's got an animation feature. But that's awesome. You have a question? Um, could you find apps like Procreate and Manga Studio on like a normal app store, or would it have to be on like a drawing tablet? Nah, I think it's on the app store. Pro I mean, at least Procreate, I know Apple. Procreate for sure is is on is in the app store for for uh, iOS. But Manga Studio, Manga Studio is a is a is a sub. As a subscription. I think it's a direct link, yeah. Yeah. Clip Studio Paint is in the app store. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, because that's that's strictly iOS. Yeah, that's strictly iOS. Yeah, but Clip Studio Paint, that's you that's, need to have a, a tablet that's pretty good. Yeah, but, you know, just the graphics card overall and everything, because. It, I don't think that has to be out of this world, but I don't nah. think like a fire or anything like that is going to nah. be able to do it. Because I remember messing around with like a Nook and I reprogrammed it and that's as good until it crashed. But then it sucked. So it wasn't that great. Any other questions?
Uh, we're gonna take this guy first. Yes. Uh, for me, you can go, the best bet is go to fwakata.com, F-W-A-C-A-T-A. -A. I'm glad half of you, like, the other half are like, what the fuck? Fwakata is a sound effect. It's a Cuban sound effect, if you want to call it. Um, uh, uh, you can go to, yeah, F-W-A-C-A-T-A.com, fwakata.com, or fwakata on Instagram. I have my Patreon, too. You can see all my comics there. You go to Webtoons. All my links are there. So you'll see my link tree. You can hit it and like read anything that we're doing there. What about you, Kenny? Uh, hi. No, uh, I don't. I don't have a cool name like Fuakata. What about Wild Inks? Well, yeah, obviously. No. Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> so uh, mine's is uh, Wild underscore Inks uh, underscore Ken, right? And then it's Wild Ink Studios across all platforms: Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, and uh, because I don't have any one of my personal IPs out there yet, uh, I do a lot of work for a lot of different people, namely Creature, uh, Creature Entertainment, um, uh, Kafalsen, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of his fantasy books. Yeah, uh, you go to his booth, he has books there. So yeah, yeah I, got, I got tons of stuff. I, I've literally done practically everything you can think of artistically. I unfortunately sold out of my books. So? You know, so that's like I don't have anything in the show. And then I'm too poor to print more. <laughs> uh -huh. um, but yeah, you can catch all their stuff on there. Yeah. Any other questions? Yes, sir. How much time it took you guys to start making a living? From the point of not making, like, doing this for fun to start paying the bills? I've been doing art overall for a long time. I've been doing it about. Semi-professionally, like at least 22 years. So I went into art college, and even then I was doing graphic design. So I did graphic design for many years. I was in advertising. Um, it, it's it's it all depends on it, how it is. There's that romantic version that you're sitting there and you're drawing, and then you just hand the paper over, and they hand you money, and you keep drawing. And that's not how it is at all. I had to work for a lot of crappy companies for a lot of years, making crap money. Before I realized I should do something on my, so my own. I worked in advertising for almost for, for 15 years. I was an art director for a cigar company. I was a bunch of other stuff. And then I, I used to work for, uh, I worked for uh, companies and subsidiaries of GameSpot, IGN. I worked for a bunch of different stuff like that. Uh, D-Zone, uh, what else, Hormel, a bunch of different companies. So I did that and I did artwork and I did design work for them. So because of that, I mean, I kind of was making money off the gate, out of the gate. But I mean, I remember painting jackets in high school. I was painting like, you know, Metallica jackets, like put Metallica, put the right of lightning and paint the thing and for 50 bucks on somebody's jacket with acrylic paint. I mean, there's just so many ways because you have a skill, you have an ability. So just now it's just finding a way of monetizing it. You know, I used to like tag people's like, you know, uh, notebooks and do different doodles and shit. Draw somebody's girlfriend because, you know, they want to like <laughs> give them a gift or something. So you just start ending up. But I, for a long time, that I went full time with this is probably 10 years ago. About 10 years ago, I was doing this full time. Um, I quit my old advertising job. I said, hell with it. I was depressed out of my mind. And I went into just uh, as an art archivist at a private art collection in Fort Lauderdale. And I was just pumping comics and making comics and just trying, going to every show I could, saving every dime. Uh, it cost me a relationship. It costed me, my, you know, livelihood, budgets, but I was happy as hell. 
I was like, woo, look at me. Yeah, so that's my take. How about you, Kenny? Um, you just rely on your good looks and that's it. Nah, 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 not at all. No, well, what, what, uh, what <laughs> I, I did just, was... I thought you were like, well, actually. No, <laughs> no what I did was um, this has always been like a side hustle for me. Uh, I, I've been drawing since I was seven years old, and I've never had a formal art education. Standard public school, you know, but I've always drawn on my own. That's why, like, I can attest to, you know, putting in the work. You put in the work, you're going to see the results, right? And, you know, I'm, I'm going to show my age, but this is before internet. This is before, you know, like, I still had to thumb through encyclopedias and if I wanted to reference something. Uh, I was just talking about some people about that, about what used to be called morgues. Yeah. When you saved up <laughs> back in the day before the good old Nina, man, um, you had to actually, you would clip out like magazines and shit. Like say you wanted cars, you had to clip out all the cars you would see and, or photocopy them and put them in a book and glue them down. And like, that was your reference to draw shit, you know, because if somebody said, I want a comic book and there's a 1972 Buick Regal and I want you to drive speeding down the highway. You're like, shit, I need a Buick Regal, what the hell? And so that you go to your morgue and look it up. There it is. So uh, for me, uh, what, what got me into it was graffiti. Because I'm, I'm a native New Yorker out of Queens. And uh, uh. <laughs> all, all through school, it was, it was that. So through that, it led me into cartooning. Cartooning led me into uh, comic art. Comic art led me into life drawing. That... Everything that I know today as, as an artist, as an illustrator, has been off of the strength of my just doing my own research and experimenting. You know, um, semi-professionally after I moved to Florida, which was like 20 years ago. And um, a, lot, a lot of footwork, a lot of networking, mm. a lot of paying your dues because you're going to eat a lot of shit. Yeah. You know, there's going to be people that are going to try and take advantage of you because you're the talent. And because you're the talent, they don't expect you to, to have an entrepreneurial mindset. Oh, yeah. And your family's never going to understand and they're never going to be OK with it. They're always going to be like, you know, you know, over there making little marks on a paper. And, you know. <laughs> My mom used to be like, can't you draw something nice? <laughs> yeah. Draw something yeah. nice. I like, go so lindo. <laughs> So that's always going to happen. So, you know, the, the only thing that I can tell you is if you're serious about it, there's nothing that's going to deter you from it. I've been doing this full time without a day job for about two and a half years now. Yeah, I remember we celebrated when he went full time. I mean, and, and um, I've been going full time for a while too, but now full, full time. Like I took a design job for a little bit because I needed health care. I was like, <laughs> that was the only reason. Like, I needed to go to the dentist. That was like the only reason why I took the job. Uh, it sucks, but once I had it, I was like, all right, I'm out again. You know, uh, going every time somebody goes full time, we almost have a party. We're like, holy shit, that's like a big. End. And sometimes it's because you built an audience too. Nowadays, as an artist, it's not just sitting there and drawing. Now you gotta post stuff on Instagram. You gotta be a content maker. You gotta reach out. You gotta get new people involved. Every day, it's a new struggle, a new thing, a new hustle. So you have to have your hustle side and your art side going at full steam. Any other questions? I'm gonna go her first. Um, what's your process for writing your storyline, like your storyboard? 
Um, it depends on what I'm working on and with who. Um, some things, like with uh, me and Kenny, we had to work on a couple of projects for a client. And I came in. He actually got me, brought me in to write the script and write the, I guess you could say the story Bible for it. And uh, what I did was then I just kind of between the three of us, the client and ourselves, we just sat there and we just kind of outlined everything, make all the beats. What happens? This, this happens, then this happens, this happens. And then this is just a loose structure. You got to think of it like a skeleton. This is your spine. And then from there, you kind of grow out, but your spine always brings you back to the center of what you're doing. Um, and then I literally sometimes, you know, just to break it up, I mean, depending on what I'm working on, like if I'm doing a 24 page comic, I will literally write one, two, three, four, five to 24. And then in one sentence, this happens, this happens, this happens. And then I try to meet all the points that I want to get to in that story. Because, I mean, it, it also depends on what you're making in the end. If you're making like a novel, like everybody has that 1,200-page saga in their head that, you know, takes several generations to tell. But then maybe the first part is just eight pages telling you about how a guy changes the oil on his star cruiser. You know, okay, cool. Then let's do that eight pages. And that can swing into the next thing. Um, and just breaking it down from there. And that's when you find out like if you need more or don't need more, if there's a scene, if there's something. We recently had to work on something that was like eight pages and it was kind of quick. So I was like, you know, my script, since I'm writing it for Kenny, I'm writing it, but at the same time, I'm like, Kenny, just draw the toilet one time, repeat it nine freaking times. Like that he doesn't have to be sit there all day drawing a like toilet from different angles because of one scene in the, in the, in the book. Because um, we had to be efficient because the, 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 the client wanted it like in a week or something like that. So we're like, holy shit, all right, let's get that done. Um, other stuff, I take my sweet bippy of a time and I like have a fun with it. Uh, I have a character called Meat Hook and he's like this Miami superhero. I wanted to write a Miami superhero book. And like, I'm, it's all tongue in cheek because like, the Justice League is there, but it's not the Justice League, you know, like, and I'm messing around with it. You know, I want to have Superman in a window having to get Cuban coffee, uh, stuff like that I'm messing with. And that one, I'm just writing scenes that I want to do because it's not so much about the superheroes. It's just like, I want to show Miami. I want to show the city and all the wackadoo crap that happens here. So I want to do that. So I just write scenes and I write little I post-it notes in here and like, Put it together on a board and i'm trying to make a story and this year i'm just starting to stack, uh, tackle it um with tommy i was working with another writer my co-publisher uh john Ayua, and he writes scripts like there were hostage like letters like they make like a kidnapping letter it makes no sense you've worked on some of john's scripts oh. and so that's like pulling like christmas lights out and making sense of it and shit so sometimes but they're good scripts and then I hammer the crap out of that and I just try to figure it out but my main thing is just look at the order and show what you want to show and then you're going to see the highlights there's certain tips and tricks in comics that we can go over if you have any of like how you want it like every page needs to lead to the next page even your last page leads to the next page of the next comic because you want the reader to 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 to, to turn the page uh, another thing is your right, your page on your right side is your most important page because when you're flipping through a comic, you're flipping through a magazine, you'll see all the advertisements on the right side. Why? Because naturally, when you flip through it, that's the one, you, the page you see, not the left one. 
So because of that, you want to have that to be what captures their, their, their presence. So you want to have the surprise moment, the big reveal, whatever is happening on that right side. So those are those little tricks that we do. But I, I simply, as I, I literally, sometimes I have a, a grid. So I go pages one through four, he finds the body. Five through eight, he investigates the body. So, you know, nine through 12, he fights the, finds the killer, you know, like, and I'll just go through it. And then from there, then it's dialogue or a scene. And then you can break it down and say, okay, here I need something. It can't be just him finding the body. Maybe he's thinking about something. Maybe he's eating something. Maybe it's And we'll work on it like that. But that's how I break down everything by just numbers. Just do that. And then you can get into the nitty gritty and attack it. Just attack it. Because that whole blank page, don't write. As a writer, and I'm a writer also, as a writer, just attack the damn thing. It's going to take you a while. A writer it looks like a psychopath. A writer is sitting at a table, looking at a computer screen or at a paper, and looking in the space, with, talking to themselves. That's what I do all the fucking time. <laughs> like, my girlfriend see me sit there going... And then I'm going to start writing. So just attack it, just attack it. And, and it's good, to, again, just like in drawing, it's good to have bad pages. It's good to have two or three crap, hey, that didn't work, that joke didn't work, that part didn't work, cool, get rid of it then. Maybe use it for another story. I save all my stuff. Because sometimes then you come back and like, yeah, that works for this, you know. Uh, any other questions? I'll do you first and then you in the back. Well, there's two things. First off, when somebody says, oh, um, what's, it, what's it called when they do it? Uh, do it for the promotional or like what's the, it's been long enough for me that that, that BS doesn't work. Oh. Like do it for the publicity yeah, or yeah. do it for the exposure, yeah. you know? Now, I will tell you this. When you're a young artist, it's okay to do free work. I, one of my students, this kid named Gabriel, he's really cool, really smart kid, really good painter, really good designer. He ended up doing an album cover for this friend's band. And you know, it's like, he's like, hey, you only paid me a hundred bucks. And his friend was like, that's so cheap, bro. Why the hell do you pay you? And I go, well, first off, who the hell are you? You're nobody to be demanding more. It's not like you're doing anything that the recognition or anything else. You're starting out, you still live with your parents. A hundred bucks goes a long way, right? Cool. And it's something that you got done and now it's mutual too. Now your work is out there. You can say you work for the band. See what I'm saying? Have you ever like when you're young and you don't have a job yet, you go apply for a job and they're like, we need somebody experienced. It's like, how do I get a new job if everybody wants me to be experienced? You know, so it's, it's one of those things. So I tell, don't be taken advantage. Look at the work. If it's something that you know you're going to do in an hour and like for fun and whatever and get out of it, fuck it, yeah, do it. But if it's something that's going to take weeks or you have to do this or turn over everything, like you have no rights to it anymore or anything like that, don't do that. That you don't do. Uh, but if it's a learning experience and something that will help you, yeah, why not? Man, um, I'm, I've been a victim of that, like, a lot. <laughs> you know, uh, simply because... And, and, and it, was, it was my own mental obstacle, right? Uh, me feeling like I didn't have a resume to back up my pricing, you know? So I w in, in, a lot of, in a lot of cases, when I first started out, I undersold myself a bunch of times. So 
with that regard, it, it, it also falls back to, you know, you constantly working on your craft, right? Putting in the hours. So you putting in those hours will equate to, you know, more people being impressed by the, t the type of stuff that you do. Now, with the more people that are impressed with the type of stuff that you do, obviously more people are going to want to work with you. You're going to be in demand. So in, in that regard, you know, you personally would have to, you know, figure out what's a, what's a price range that's fair for you, that doesn't, uh, that doesn't feel like, you know, you're, you're grabbing the client by the balls. I, I literally try to break down any project that comes in and go, okay, how many hours is this? Even if it's just me thinking, how many hours is this me thinking and doing this? And then say, okay, I want to make 25 bucks an hour. You know, so then I sometimes say, well, it's going to really take me like an hour to draw it, two hours to figure it out, maybe three. I'm going to double that just for the hell of it, just to make sure I cover my bases. All right, so that's going to be like six hours times 25, 150 bucks, at least. At least. Just like, and that's a small project that I can kick out pretty fast you know that i know and if it's a favor for somebody now it depends on who's coming in i mean i've also done work for hbo latino and like and when they came in i was like five thousand dollars like <laughs> no problem right because you know you know you're dealing with a client but what they're expecting is going to be huge yeah so those are those two aspects to it also just make sure as long as you're getting what you want out of it it's okay to do something and you have to pay your dues never a problem um just make sure you know yeah. And then tell them too. Sometimes clients can be very understanding. Be like, hey man, this is taking me longer than I thought. Or hey, this is really a pain in the ass. Can you help me? Oh, good, Google. Here's 100 bucks. Here's 200 bucks. Or here's an extension. Or don't worry about it. You know, they'll know. As long as you're committed, don't be that no, no show guy. Right? That, yeah. That's bad. Yeah. And we'll follow you. Indeed. Um, all right. So, five more minutes that we have. We're going to be wrapping it up soon. Any more questions? Some, one last question to be quick. You, sir. A, a study, as you mean, like, what, like a sketch or something? Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a lot of ways. It's all research, man. There's times that I've gone to museums and looked at paintings. There's times that I look at other comic book artists. Like I said, you know, a lot of times, and, I, and this didn't come to me until probably recently, and I've been doing comics for 20 years. I noticed every comic book artist I liked, they had this huge library of comics next to them. And they always had their books near with them. And I'm like, man, why do they always do that? I can't even, because I like my area to be open. And, you know, I don't like having my books there. I like my books over here where I read them. It's because they look at it. <laughs> they <laughs> open the books and be like, how's oh, this guy draw water? I'm going to look at Todd McFarlane and see how he draws water or, or this artist or that artist. And so, and maybe emulate. So there's a lot of emulation. Doesn't mean you're copying. But you say, oh, okay, he uses all black and then maybe he uses some white to make the waves look cool and does this, this, and this. All right, cool. I'm going to try that for myself and figure that out. Okay, that's legit. That's cool. Uh, so that's how I kind of look at it as far as a study. And it depends on what I'm going into because there's comics that I've been doing for color or doing this and I'm starting to learn different techniques. Like I'm starting to use watercolor. I started looking at a water, uh, artists that use watercolor and then it's a lot of European artists and old school heavy metal art artists and stuff like that that I really liked. Basically the same thing. Do, do your homework. Lots and lots of homework. Because I've, I've worked with creators and writers that uh, have, have uh, approached me with material that I'm very unfamiliar with. 
and just because I want to I want to produce some imagery that's true to their vision or as close to it as possible uh, I do homework like I'll, I'll do research on whatever the topic is or uh, whatever the whatever it calls for if, especially if it's something that I'm unfamiliar with you know it's a great exercise in you know doing something outside of your comfort zone mm -hmm. and it's something that you eventually add to, to your skill set yeah. If you're going to rip somebody off, do it really well. <laughs> well, I think that's all the time we guys have. Uh, thank you guys so much. Uh, appreciate you guys coming out. Oh, Bobby. Yeah. We did good, Kenny. We did good. We, this is when we fade. We're a ghost the whole time. Like we're dead, and now we can finally go to the afterlife. Thank you guys so much. See you down, downstairs. I'm out. We're at the Goblin's Heist booth. Uh, Kenny, what's your booth number? Uh, 805. I'm right by the entrance. I'm at 630-something by the bathrooms. The spot to be. Thank you guys so much. Appreciate it. Enjoy the show. Okay, so there you go. Um, hopefully, you guys walked away with something or at least had a good laugh. We had a great time. Like I said, um, again, if you want to find Kenny Calderon online, Look for uh, Kenny under wild underscore inks. I think underscore Ken. Um, I'll try to put some links inside the description. Um, great artist. Open the commissions. If you ever want to get an art commission from him, he's a badass. His sketch covers are great. Prints are awesome. We'll, we're working on a, a couple of projects coming up now. So we'll be, you know, you'll hear more about them later on. Um, Otaku Fest. Uh, I think there's plans for next year. There might be something this year. I'm not sure. I talked to Winji and he has a, he, he wasn't sure, but he, he seemed pretty happy and everything was pretty positive. Like I said, great con, really awesome. Observed all the safety rules, all the safety protocols. Everybody had a good time. I never felt like I was like, oh shit, danger. You know, like everybody was awesome. Um, I got some flack for it. I mean, the shop got some and I did too. Um, Mostly from some gutless fucking wonders, though. There were a lot of gutless punks that were just posting stuff on anonymous little things and giving shit. And they gave shit to the Taco Fest for doing a con at such a time with COVID and everything going on. I understand. Like, it was something I was talking about on this claim sale that we do um, every 9 p.m. on Tuesdays at Goblin's Heist on, on Facebook. Um, I get it. But you know what? There's no package, no shit right now that's going to pay my fucking rent and put food in my stomach. And I know that's fucked up and it kind of sounds demeaning uh, to the situation and how bad it is. But that's the fucking reality of it. And people need to fucking work. And I got no other way to do it. And I have to go out there and take every opportunity that comes in. And I'm doing every precaution. And look, this is not bullshit for me i lost a dear friend to fucking covid a guy that worked with me here at the shop jesus and we loved him to death and due to complications from covid we lost him he was 24 years old so i'm not gonna take this lightly i understand but people are gonna have to be responsible for their own shit i'm not coughing in anybody's face i'm not going in there. any other time i am home or at the shop and we observe every protocol that there is to make sure that we have no spread or anything. Um, 
that being said, I am not going to stop living life and I'm not going to stop fucking doing what I need to do to do my thing. And I know somebody out there, you know, you may have an opinion and I respect people that are, you know, are staying home and doing following everything and are, are, are rightfully afraid of this. But I have to follow the three F's. If you're not feeding me, funding me or fucking me, I don't have to listen to you. If you're not going to be, you know, you're not going to pay my fucking electric bill. You're not going to pay my rent. You're not going to do anything like that. Why the fuck am I listening to you? How are you helping me? And so I got to do what I got to do. And um, I'm just ignoring the comments now. I'll just delete them. And I'm like, whatever else. And that's how it is. That's all I can do. And uh, I'm not going to even really get into an argument past this point. And <laughs> that's all my statement. And that's it. Um, you know, I want everybody to be safe out there. Do the best you can. And, you know, let's just keep going forward and forward. Always, always forward. I always like quoting that from Luke Cage because I really believe in it. Um, other than that, thank you guys for tuning in. Like I said, hopefully you guys got something out of this and you're really happy with it. If you want to know more or if you want to see more, I'm going to be posting the part two or the second, the Sunday uh, panel that we did uh, on Patreon. It'll be a Patreon exclusive. That one's more funny because we had like stuff happening and everything else. But I think we got into in depth in some really cool parts. Um, that'll be on the Patreon as exclusive for just a buck a month. You have access to all those exclusives. So please come by the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Fuacata, F-W-A-C-A-T-A. Uh, as always, you can find everything on my Instagram, Fuacata, F-W-A-C-A-T-A and Fuacata.com. Um, and yeah, and if you want to, you can always call in with the Anchor app and like leave a voicemail or just hit me up through emails or the comments or whatever. And we'll talk about whatever, man. I'm super down for it. Uh, posting stuff. Like I said, I do claim sales on Tuesdays and Thursdays. We do the comic review show on Thursdays on the Goblin's Heist uh, Facebook page, 9 p.m. ish. We work on keeping time. Uh, the new comic claim sale is on Tuesdays, 9 p.m. And then we do a regular claim sale on Sundays at 4 p.m. till 6 p.m. That one's going to be more inclusive with all like the pops and toys and statues and everything else. And uh, yeah, and we're posting right now daily every uh, every weekday. Um, Zombie Years is being posted up Tuesdays uh, on the Patreon. Uh, again, you can read all of it for just a buck a month uh you can read read issues one through five on web t- webtoons and what else i'm trying to remember now some much shit that i'm doing tuesdays i always do an open blog on patreon thursdays we do an exclusive contents and then on fuckada.com i do like a kind of sunday roundup for your sunday morning fun so you can read you can subscribe on the blog and uh, that's on, on Fuacata.com. And it kind of gathers everything that's going on. All the stuff I'm doing. All in the Sunday spot. And you can catch up right there. So tune in. Let me know what's up. I want to hear from you guys. Uh, more and more people are listening. I'm super happy about that. I just want to hear from you guys and say, okay, what's next? What do you guys want to talk about? What do you guys want to touch upon? And that to me is exciting. And it's cool. 
So I'll see you guys next week. Remember, every Wednesday, I try to post this at 8 a.m. And uh, subscribe. Let me know what's up. And be good. See ya.